The Standing Orders Podcast. Welcome to this latest edition of the Standing Orders Podcast with me, Dr. Thomas Foreman, and my co-host, the Emeritus Town Mayor, Sue Lorne. Good afternoon, Thomas. How are you? I'm very well. And how are you? Fine and dandy. Thank you very much. Nothing exciting to report. Well, it's good. You say nothing exciting to report, but this is uh, your first podcast as neither a councillor nor a mayor. And so how does that feel? Actually, it doesn't feel so bad. I was really, really worried um, over the first few days thinking, well, well, I, and again, I didn't finish till last Wednesday, so um, almost a week now. And uh, I was a bit worried that I would be so lost for things to do and I was just going to be spending my time watching Netflix. But it didn't happen that way. <laughs> it's really good. I'm really enjoying not having to read any papers at this moment in time. I don't think I'm going to do this forever, but I just want a few months of just doing nothing. <laughs> so you aren't missing local government too much, but are you? do you still maintain your interest in local government? Oh, most definitely. And, um, and I, you know, I, I like to know what's going on. And I'm still getting feedback from bits and pieces that's happened over the last week that uh, I wasn't really thinking that I would get too much, um, you know, involvement in things that are still happening. But it's really good. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to walk away from it completely. I'm going to try to still find a little bits and pieces that I can keep myself involved with, with the community and hopefully with the council as well. But um, no, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a very, very different world. Um, like I said, I was up for 16 years in um, town and then seven years in, in district. So um, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, it's going to be different, but it's just nice just having me <laughs> now. And um, are you okay? I am. I think so, just about. Good, good, good. Yeah, so it's just good to have me time and um, and not having to stress, oh, I've got to get this done. I can just say, oh, I'll get that done whenever I feel like it. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it so much, but I'm also glad that you are going to be continuing with me and, uh, and still doing podcasts because, yes. well, to be honest, otherwise it would be mildly less entertaining. Um, <laughs> Talking to yourself. <laughs> There's nothing, well, to, no change in there, is there? <laughs> But so, uh, no, and thank you for still letting me talk to you. It's, um, you know, it's, it's probably going to, as we evolve from on from this, it'll probably be slightly different to what it has been in the past. But it'll be even better. <laughs> so <laughs> Because we can say what we want to say. Ab- absolutely. So to start with, voter ID. So I think at the last uh, podcast we were talking about uh, not knowing the numbers of um, of people who were turned away from polling stations because of voter ID. And now we have the figures, which is, I believe, um, from 160 out of 230 councils, uh, responded to say that 26,165 voters were initially denied ballot papers and 16,588 came back. And whilst 9,577 didn't return. So, What do you think of that number? Five thousand, sorry, nine thousand five hundred and seventy-seven. Is that roughly what you're expecting? I mean, it's not all the councils, but it's more than half that have kind of announced. So, is that broadly where you thought we'd be? 
Yeah, I probably yeah, I, I I'm I I would have I was probably expecting it to be slightly higher. I really didn't think that amount of people would come back. I um so obviously they they did care about the situation and it was purely that they, you know, they had forgotten. Um it wasn't that they didn't have the ID. Um so 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 that side of it I think is pretty good. I think in in Norfolk we didn't have a huge amount of um people who who turned up without it. And I'm I'm thinking it's somewhere like a thousand, but I could be wrong. And I know that just over half of them came back as well. But um my and i there's been calls for it to be banned, you know, the ID um isn't isn't necessary. And uh, people are now calling to say because such a, a huge amount uh, of people didn't get to vote, you, you know, you just think, well, do they really think that things are going to change? Because if it did change, well, then surely there would be a lot of cases to say. I think in Yarmouth, they lost by one vote. Yeah. Uh, the Conservatives lost overall control by one vote. So... You think, you know, if if that person, and there's nobody knows that that one vote, that person, uh, you know, somebody was turned away for not having ID would have been the person who would have voted everything, you know, for them to go forward on. But, um, you know, if, if there is a case where you know, people are starting to say, let's change things back to how they were, what could the consequences I, be? Yeah, is there I any don't... legality? Well, I, I, well, the law requires you to have valid ID. Um, and I don't, to be fair, I thought the number was relatively low. I, I get why people say even one person is too many. But I think generally, you know, we are always going to have an evolving democracy. And this is a part of it. And I don't see like a lack of ID as being like, I, I think because you could get something in advance, those that mm-hmm. didn't and those that then don't have ID I, I kind of think we all have a bit of responsibility in a democracy to keep ourselves aware of current events, to keep ourselves aware of how our democracy works, and to be honest, to follow what dropped through a lot of people's doors about it. I mean, it was on the radio, it was in newspapers, mm-hmm. it was online, it was being promoted by pretty much every council uh, without fail, and town and parish councils as well were pushing it for the residents. We put it in newsletters. I mean... I really think that to then turn up and not have it, you know, I I just think that people need to take a bit of responsibility for themselves. And I think that increasingly people would prefer to blame changes in rules, changes in just about everything to explain away the fact that basically they just needed to go and turn up with ID or apply for, um, you know, an ID certificate in advance to be able to vote. So I, I don't think the number is huge, but I think those that did, to to be honest, just need to read things a little bit more carefully. Mm-hmm. It would be interesting, actually, when more statistics come out to see what the age group w- would have been for the people who didn't who didn't have the ID at the time. Um, I'm not sure they'll have that. I mean, depending upon like just how how this was marked and recorded, I would hope that they would be able to feed information like that back. But I'm not sure that well, they it will. Would be, it would be silly you know, them not to have taken that kind of information through, um, because it would it would just be interesting to see whether I I would have thought that the majority of younger people would all have ID these days, 
um, you know, wouldn't go back to my generation. We never needed ID to go into a shop and, and buy alcohol or anything like that. So um, I, I would have thought that for the most younger people that would be interested in going out to vote, yeah. that they would have had some ID with them. But as an older person, I have all my credit cards, but I don't carry my driving license in my in my purse anymore. Well, you should. So, Why wouldn't you carry your driving license? <laughs> Sorry? Why wouldn't you carry your driving license? I mean, to, to be fair... If you get pulled over, I don't think just flattering your eyelashes anymore is going to quite cut it. So telling them that <laughs> I'm a past town mayor isn't going to make any difference. No, no, no. I don't think so. No, Although, it's because I never, I never have carried, carried my driving license purely because I didn't want to lose it. So, and now you, and I think you have 24 hours to produce them. Or is that gone? If you, no, um, I, I mean you, you, you need to be able to. I mean, to be fair, like. If at any point, you know, they check with the DVLA, that that will tell them that you're holding a a UK licence, they can do all of that. Um, It is just good practice to be able to show it on the roadside, um, I guess. And equally, if you go into shops or anything else, you know, or if you pass out. I mean, what if you pass out in Sainsbury's? Yeah, I never thought of that. Just they at least you at least equation. you at least want someone to be able to return you home afterwards, don't you? <laughs> like, <it's... laughs> no, they just walk over you. <laughs> oh God, there's that woman that. again. <laughs> She's been down the pub. <laughs> but I think the the only other thing I would say in in terms of the voter ID numbers is obviously. That doesn't cover um, people who just didn't turn out to vote knowing they needed the ID, didn't apply for it, yeah. didn't get it, and so therefore didn't bother. Mm. But I think generally, I, I don't know about nationally, but I, I seem to feel that voter numbers were actually higher in, in most areas than, than was expected. So mm. I don't think it, it disenfranchised or turned a lot of people off from turning out because I think actually we saw greater percentages turning out for a local election. Normally it is way down. I mean, the biggest teller will obviously be the general election where it will be required again for people to show ID and it will be required for, well, well, it will be required for them to to go and get a ballot paper and cast their vote. So it's yeah. going to probably tell us the numbers then as to how many people voted before, how many people are voting at the general, and what the percentage difference is. Obviously, it does fluctuate slightly, but whether it's within the – we have enough evidence now to be able to work out, you know, what the margin is um, between, mm. you know, peaks and troughs, and so we should be able to predict it. I think from the figures that we got on this election – I think probably we'll find that the next general election will be the highest turnout that we've ever seen. Fingers crossed. <laughs> and I genuinely mean that. I think it's, I think. It is you so know, important. It is. And, and I genuinely, to be a fan of first past the post, I do think that we need some kind of proportional representation. I do think we need electoral reform. I think that we do need to, um, allow young people to be able to vote because I think that that's an important part of our democracy. And I think education. Do you think that sixteen-year-olds should be voting? Yeah, absolutely, I do. do. I mean, I I think that if there is a package of education that goes along with it, so that a kind of citizenship element is introduced into schools, 
Um, I don't think there's any reason why it shouldn't happen. I mean, there are a number of things you can do at 16, um, of which it would be good for people to have a say about how they're represented and, and how their rights are kind of being being protected and how they basically just have a fundamental say on how society is. And we don't have an upper age limit. I would say there are lots of people who can perfectly well go out and vote in their like 90s that probably have an... Be careful. Be careful what I say here. <laughs> who, who have greater limitation in understanding society and the fundamentals of working life having likely been out of work for potentially 20, 25 years, whereas you could have a 16-year-old that has just been through the schooling system that literally every day interacts with the state in, in that sense, you know, with, with you know, education, um, not having a say. And so I, I kind of think, you know, if, if you don't have an upper limit, which, you know, I, I don't get me wrong, I'm not advocating for that. I, I then think you need to look at the lower limit and say, actually, you know, should younger people be able to have a say, carve out their future and have, you know, their voice heard? And actually, it may then make councillors and it may then make, you know, members of parliament slightly more open to some of the views of younger people knowing that they're going to be casting their vote. Did I see um, a few well, last week that there was a 17-year-old elected in Colchester or somewhere? In Essex somewhere, I seen there was a 17-year-old who'd got oh, really? elected. And, um, and I thought that's absolutely fantastic. But And I wonder if, because I know that the schools and sixth form and school councils are just doing so much more to, to try to, to get young people involved in local government and the politics around them. So I wonder if it is a case that we're taking them to the sixth form and then there's a gap between them moving on to, um, you know, higher education or on to university before, and, and we lose them in that time scale before they can actually legally vote. So I wonder <laughs> if that isn't something, as you say, taking it to, um, you know, to bringing them in at 16 and, uh, and letting them have their vote. And then maybe we might then just get them to, to you know, to come along, you know, to be part of Can I just society, ask, are you, are you, you know, sure that there was a 17-year-old elected? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there was a 17-year-old who... Um, because who, I'm... I'm Did you think you had to be 18? I, I, I mean, my understanding is, and I could be completely wrong here, I thought legally sure you had to be 18 because you can't vote below 18 and so therefore you can't stand for election below uh, 18. Maybe. I'm sure he was 17. But I'll, 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 I'll find out for the next time. Good. Because genuinely... Um, I'm. I, I want to say I'm a hundred percent sure, but I will just say I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure that you you have to be eighteen. It, yeah, otherwise, maybe. it'd make a nonsense of not allowing seventeen year olds to vote if they could, in fact, then be voted. Yeah, but to... would it have been a case of? Um... Oh, sorry, he was eighteen in oh, Brentwood. Okay. Well, that makes youngest a ever councillor. Was he? He must have been literally just eighteen then. I mean, we do get a lot of young councillors coming in, and a lot of younger people. Uh, oh, 
No, go on. Go on. No, they, no, that wasn't this time round. But the youngest one is an eighteen-year-old. Uh, okay. I mean, talking of and and you know beautifully kind of outlined issues with elections when they don't go quite how you're expecting. So we'll start with the town council um, tier. So the most important tier of local government. Um, and I, I don't like naming names, but because it's, you know, in the public domain, Nelson Town Council uh, were hit with a electoral issue when the returning officer read out the wrong name as the person who had been elected. And because the announcement is a, well, it, it it's a legal element of announcing who has been elected, you you can't change it unless you kind of correct it straight away. So if you ring the wrong name out, you can straight away say, sorry, that wasn't the right name, and then make the correction. But apparently they read out the wrong name and then decided to get legal advice. And because it then no. wasn't immediate, um, the councillor that was elected, well, I can say the councillor that was elected, was not the one who should have been elected, and it is now going to end up in court to try and get it overturned, which apparently could take six months, could take £10,000. And to be fair, that there's been an awful lot of criticism of the of the person now a councillor because they've joined committees and they've done no. kind of various things. And I actually thought this isn't, in, in my opinion, this isn't the fault of a councillor who has had their name read out and I don't think it's for them to to step down necessarily. I mean, don't you? If, no, I don't. Because ultimately, like I thought about this, and I thought the returning officer has, you know, he's made a mistake. Okay, so if well, I'm on a check actually. Is it a, is it a he? Um, yeah, just, uh, yeah, okay, the, the returning officer they've made a mistake. And so I don't really see how if a councillor whose name has been read out, the re the returning officer hasn't corrected it straight away, nor have they tried to do that. Um, like a councillor saying, well, I'm not going to take up the seat doesn't automatically give it to the other person. Like this is something that only a court can then do. So in stepping down, not knowing what the court will decide, it's just going to trigger a by-election most probably because that's what i think would would be the next step if someone vacates the the office you don't just give it to the next person like all the person who should have been i i think and i again i'm i'm no expert on this i think it would still have to be either a by-election or finding of the court and and since it could go through the court they can correct it but in the meantime, I think you have to do what you've been legally put in the role to do. Whether you should have been put in that role is a different matter. It's not your issue. It's the but, returning officer's issue. But you haven't legally been put into that role. Yes, you Somebody have. Somebody made a mistake. The the residents voted for that council voted for a councillor. They did not vote for the councillor that the returning officer announced. So that councillor that he announced should have just stepped back and said hang on sorry just 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 stood back and said no I didn't get elected 
that this is, you know, the, the votes are there. The papers are there to say that that person was elected. So it is that place and person's place to stand up. But then saying that the returning officer should have been made sure if there was two people with the same surname, they should have been sure before he actually got up there and made sure that the first name was in bold so that he was not going to make that mistake. I, I don't think it was an issue of a similar sounding name. I think it was just put down wrong. And so the returning officer read it out. Like, And I don't think... It, I say the returning officer made a mistake. They do the announcement, so they have. But I think it was written down wrong for the returning officer. Um, so it actually came from... You know, the counting of the, the ballots, apparently it was pretty clear, um, but then it was just written down wrong and they've put it down to, you know, fatigue and, you know, oh, the staff were, were pushed. We and so, well, yeah, yeah I, I do think maybe, you know, they are pressuring people slightly in if these are the similar mistakes that are going to be made. But even if, like on what you say, the councillor steps back and says, you know, my name was read out accidentally. You know, I'm I'm not going to do it. This is the real person that's been elected. I don't think that's enough to legally do that. Like, I, I think once the announcement has been made, if it hasn't been corrected immediately and there's been, you know, time has passed before it's then been kind of addressed as in they went and got legal advice, came back whether, I mean, I still think that after legal advice, you could come back and you could say it was immediate as in it was done as swiftly as possible um and then you know al allow if the other group want to make a you know if they want to take it to court then fine but they didn't do that and so i think you know but ultimately it the, the candidate that has been put in like position perhaps incorrectly i don't think they have any power to do anything about it the only person that does is the returning officer if they haven't then the the aggrieved party needs to take it up with the electoral court but i don't think blaming the person whose name was read out is going to do anything because what what legal power do they have to overturn it when the returning officer come are you saying all these things just to wind me up no i'm not you, you genuinely no in, in all seriousness People voted for that councillor. Uh, God, the process you go through just to count the votes. You you cannot turn around after the votes have been counted. Everything is is there. Everything is <laughs> the figures are there. The papers are there. Um, you you can't turn around and say I don't know who if if it wasn't similar names and somebody just wrote down Joe Soap's number or name uh, to say you know he's the one who's won. How do you know that that wasn't, you know, that could have been, uh, you know, one of the um, well, the, the team? The, no, but that's that, why we have the electoral courts. Like what I'm saying, no, 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 is, I'm not, it shouldn't. I'm it not should not that, have to go that far. The, no, the process, but I'm, if that had been, if that had been me, and I'd I'd won geez. quite fair and square, <laughs> and then somebody else takes my place. Can you imagine me sitting there saying? Yeah, that's okay. I'll go no, through the process. No, 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 no. I can't imagine you doing that. But what I'm saying is, this is like I'm not talking about what would happen in an ideal world. I'm talking about no. where we are now. I agree yeah. with you that it should one never have happened, and two, it should have been easier to correct, or it should have been corrected at the time. And the person currently in post should be the person the public voted for who got the most votes. But what I'm saying is. 
I don't think you could pile on the person who has taken up office because they've been told legally you've been elected and we have to go to court because I don't think they have any other choice about it. No, I, d- I don't. I just don't see that at all. That person should not. And, and you said they've joined committees and things like that. Absolutely. That's just That's ridiculous. what you want, proactive members. You know, if you're going to get on there accidentally, you want someone who's at least going to be proactive. I mean, okay, let's do it all again and vote for the right person because this other one obviously just is going to sit back and say, okay, I'll follow due process and I'll wait for six months. Plus, if it was a district, I don't know if it was a town or it was a district council. No, it's a town. I mean, I I guess what you could say is. There's no. you, uh, you could kind in, of involved in it. No, I mean, I think you could probably do it that if they stepped down, vacated the office, and then kind of had a bit of an agreement to say, this is the reason why we would like a casual vacancy and we'll fill it by co option of the correct no. person. But no. I mean, I don't know what outcome you want. I like, want because the person ultimately- that's in there now. If it was me, I would want that person that's in there now taken back out and me given my rightful place. But that's that's we're in a democracy. If you you create that person has not got there through democracy. That person has got there by mistake. No, technically they have got there through democracy because it's a democratic process. It's just the the result of it was an anomaly. So it's not the it's just not the right result. They did not win that democratic process. No, I'm not saying they they should not be in that place at this moment in time. Well, I, I, I completely agree with you on that. They shouldn't be in place. But all I'm saying is I don't think you can blame the individual. But shall we move on? Because, you know, we, we don't no. want to be here for, for <laughs> going back and forth with basically you you having your opinion, me having mine, and obviously you not accepting um, your logic. No, no, isn't it? Um, no it's, I, I, t- I understand what you're saying, but I just think... Blimey, that's no, the first that's time in eight awesome. years. <laughs> <laughs> that is so wrong on so many levels. And I'd really love to hear if there's anybody else who agrees with what I'm saying. Uh, well, if, if if they do, they'll be coming through me. And so you will never hear of anyone <laughs> who agrees with anything next you're saying. Time, next time, we need to know if anybody else has said that they totally agree with what I've said. That was no not one. a democracy. So... Now we go to the Ribble Valley and Ribble Valley Borough Council, who have had a few, again, minor electoral issues in that they drew the wards wrong. And so a couple of um, households were basically left out of one ward and were contained within another. And two councillors lost by six and ten votes, respectively. Um, And they were disenfranchised by the redrawing of the wards by the borough council in what the borough council have said was a mistake um and this isn't going to be uh like challenged through the courts they've decided that because of the cost they aren't going to but they have sought like basically reassurance from the borough council that it won't happen again. I think this is the issue, kind of like the last one, the cost and the time implications of both are significant. And with this one, you would ask for the election to be rerun again. So even if you get to the point of, um, you know, if two people aren't willing to resign to trigger a by-election, it goes to the electoral courts, they can order it be rerun, it's rerun, and potentially the same result. Um, 
it's just not ideal really and and you it's not like you know elections sneak up on you you do know in advance these things are going to happen yeah and I, again the same with this situation unfortunately for me it is black and white if it if it means they have to go back out to election they have to go back out and do another election that's not acceptable that those votes were missed out and again, if it had been hundreds that they, you know, hundreds of votes that they'd lost by, but with such a, a small margin, that is just, um, that that's just unacceptable as well. You know, it's, it, I think we're just too easy these days just to say, oh, I don't think you know, you've ever been easy. And, <laughs> at all. That happened, so we'll learn by that. Um, you know, do we even know that, and this is not saying that anybody is, um, there's been any malpractice anywhere, but you, you just don't know that, that how that came about. You could say, you know, it was totally genuine. That should not have ever been able to happen. It really should not. Um, the people that are in charge of, you know, of putting these elections in place and uh, returning officers should have made sure that everything, as you say, it, it didn't just happen. It wasn't, a, you know, like the general election where it can be called in just a few months. It literally is something, these elections, four years in advance. So I it's mean, totally I, unacceptable. And I think they should take the hit for the cost on it and go back out to, elect, to the re-election. Well, I mean, I know that the candidates aren't playing to. That doesn't mean that it can't happen otherwise because it, it absolutely can. So residents could trigger it if enough of them... Um, right in um, and call for it to be uh, reversed. Could they do? But I mean, poll? no, um, no. It would. It, it, no, there's a function that they have to write in. I think to the electoral courts to to trigger them to become involved. Um, but apparently, in terms of the Ribble Valley, um, it would appear that there were uh, twenty votes that were cast wrong. So between the person with six and the person with ten, um, that could potentially make a, a significant difference. And apparently, um, it would change the potential outcome and the composition of the entire council. Uh, I think that things are a bit tight. I think I'm not sure whether the river went to no overall control, um, and actually these two seats would have made a difference. Um, but actually. You know, either way, in fact, it, it actually said, yeah, leaving the overall council hung. So, um, mm. yeah, it, it's a hung council because of this mistake. So it's amazing when people say, oh, you know, votes don't count in this instance. You know, these you 20 really votes really, mm. really count. Um, yeah. Or rather, they counted, but probably for the wrong ward. Um, but, but this, you know. But, and then while, while I'm thinking about, you know, saying, oh, you should, they should go back out to, to, to re-election. If... If that was a, so, it's hung, and so then do you say only the people who came out and voted the last time can vote this time? No, anyone who's eligible. This is it. So, so yeah. it could really, you know, so you, you could bring out, you know, every single person who's able to to vote in that area because they weren't happy with that result. So, do you then? No, get, I, you know, I mean. In in terms of the so let, let me so it would just be the wards that were affected um, would only have it rerun so it would, it wouldn't be a full election across the entire. Borough. It would just be those two. It would just be those specific wards that would be rerun. Um, and if more people turn out or less people turn out, it's a rerun. So basically, 
it puts you back to square one. So it puts you back in the original position you would have been in um, had this not have happened. And so then it allows everyone to to take a run again at it. Hmm. Interesting. But no, it's, it's totally unacceptable that that was, you know, that, that ever happened in the first place. And it's well, fine to sit and say, well, learn lessons by it. But who knows? If you are into unacceptable, let me take you just slightly up the road <laughs> to North Lincolnshire. <laughs> Trump will be thinking, oh, he thought he had problems. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping none of this results in any kind of, you know, basically me being sued. Um, but apparently <laughs> up in, no, it's in all factual. the good people of North Lincolnshire, um, basically they had more than 800, I think it was 860, let's say 864 uh, postal votes weren't counted. Um, and so the declarations were made and then afterwards, you, 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 and I can almost, you know, I say this, I, having done elections and having been a presiding officer um, at an election, um, I can just imagine when they find those postal votes, just yeah. that that mm. pit of despair mm. that you would just feel all the colour drained from your face and, and just the feeling in your chest and your stomach as you find mm-hmm. these 864 postal votes that weren't counted. But in a way, you know, this is being referred on to the Electoral Commission. They're becoming involved. So we'll find out what the outcome is. And when we do find out, we will, we will mention it. But don't you think, and this is going to... The fact that this has been found, it has been announced, it has been declared, don't you think that that shows how good our democracy is? That actually when we make a mistake, we don't try and cover it. We don't say, you know, put those 864 votes back where you found them. You know, we, we do actually say, here we are, we hold our hands up. You know, and I think that that's the real strength of our democracy is that integrity mm. of the people that run it, that we've mentioned mistakes that people have made and that these things have happened and it's been unfortunate and kind of said, oh, you know, fatigue and this and a little bit mm-hmm. of that. But actually, the fact that we we recognize it, the fact that we say we're not perfect, we're human, and actually this is just how things are. I think is a really good thing. And so I think the fact that we know all of these problems happened and that measures are being taken and procedures put in place and lessons being learned and all those normal things we hear. But I think that the best thing that we've learned from it is that actually when mistakes happen with our electoral system, we find out about them. And and I think that's great. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I see, you know, I always think that, you know, I, I don't mind taking responsibility for mistakes whenever I make mistakes. And, you know, I make mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes because I think the one thing that people hate is the injustice of no one taking responsibility. Yeah. I think generally as a society, we have become really adverse to taking responsibility and we have become really in favor of blaming other people or saying, you know, this isn't my fault because of this issue or this issue or this issue to try and get out of it. And so, you know, they say, you know, sometimes the cover-up is worse than the crime. I firmly believe that actually the best way to deal with issues, problems, complaints, angry people is actually if you're just honest and you just say, you know what, actually I hold my hands up to it. 
even if, as it has been many times, it isn't even my fault. But you do it, yeah. takes wind out of people's sails straight away. They suddenly become actually quite happy. You talk to them about it. You explain a few things. And, you know, nine times out of ten, people are fine. And often, you know, you also go up in the estimations of other people because they know that actually they can trust you and that you're not going to try and pull the wool over their eyes. And that when you say something, you know, you're being honest. Hmm. Yes, and this is it. It's it's a case of you know um, you you say sorry in any any walk of life. Anything that you know that that goes wrong, somebody apologizes and genuinely you know proves that it was a genuine mistake. Then um, most people are totally understanding. But again, in these circumstances, it shouldn't have been in that situation. I know the process um, here locally is that the postal votes are opened every day. So I don't understand how you'd have got 865 or however many it was. 864. That didn't get opened. If they were taken to um if they were taken to polling station and that box was somehow left behind whenever all the other ballot boxes were taken to the count then um then I can understand you know that, that would happen and and again like we've said before you know there's such a long day for um you know the presiding officers to you know to to um check that everything is is okay and by the end of the evening you you are exhausted so it's and then to then sometimes to go straight to, i don't know whether they counted it on that evening but can you imagine if suddenly they t- the, these postal votes turned up just before they'd finished the election you know the count Absolutely. And then suddenly this box just appears with over 800 votes in it. Can you imagine I mean, what that would have been on, yeah. on that evening? So if they turned up 24 hours later or something and somebody held their hands up and said, look, we've, we've, we've found these, um, then, but it, it could have been a really serious situation. Well, it is a very serious situation. And, um, and as you said, it's gone to the court. So, it um but it's again these it's only you know good planning if you if you try to make sure that you know the i's are dotted the t's are crossed then you wouldn't be in the situation whenever these things go so seriously wrong and this is you know we're in a democracy we're, we're always saying you know we've got the best democratic uh, voting system in the world and um and i don't well i probably we've never been involved in it this much before that we don't know that these things have these mistakes have happened previously but um is it just that we're getting too complacent about things and and under too much pressure i think when you look at the amount of people voting the amount of councils involved you're always going to have stuff like this and i think if we if we believe doesn't mean it's acceptable no, it doesn't. No, I'm not saying. I'm. I'm not mm. saying it's acceptable. I'm saying it happens, and ultimately, you need to learn from it. You need to move on, but just also, just be understanding that you know. I can guarantee you there will be officers who had the worst days of their lives over this because yeah. of just that that feeling. I mean, I know when you're told to op- open that ballot box at seven in the morning and when to open it and when to close it. 
that you are making sure that every poster is in the right position, every box is opened at the right time, that everything you are doing is 100% right because you feel the weight of that kind of democratic pressure and getting it right on you. And when stuff like this happens, you know, there are going to be a lot of people having a very bad day. And although it's awful for the public, it's awful for the the members, it's awful for everyone, I always think you also need to include in that. It's also really bad for the inadvertent person who made the mistakes in all yeah. of these cases, just to say, you know, Jesus, you know, they, they say well, worse things it. happen at sea, but ultimately, and, and so finally, because I know we're, we're running out of time, I will say, town mayor, how was the annual meeting? It was wonderful. <laughs> and and <laughs> what I will say no, is that, was... that we did, we talked up a, uh, a lot. Um, we, we talked up parish polls and of course, we did. Um, I was saying last time, well, we nearly had one before and the meeting got closed before they managed yes. to do it. <laughs> and this time I conversed with the public for, I want to say about 40 minutes on on issues relating to outdoor services and, and stuff. And then someone read out, I would like a parish poll on and basically issues around highway verges. Um, after I'd given, you know, an outline and assurance and said, this is what, what the plan is that the council has set in motion. We've already started this like weeks ago and permits already in. And so actually we are ahead of the curve, but still, you know, someone wants a parish poll. And fortunately, you, you must have listened to the podcast because you knew just what to do, which was <laughs> look at them and say, Seriously? Are you serious? <laughs> you, you cannot be serious. <laughs> yeah, but just to put things into context, <clears throat> on our annual meetings, and I think that we said this last time as well, that we normally, two, three people at the very most turn to, up to, to our meeting. No, to be fair, the, the last time, and I have to correct you on this, and I didn't correct you on the night, you know, I remember uh, 2017, I want to say, uh, we had loads of people. We had more than turned up last week turn up because that's yeah. when they wanted to call the last parish poll. But I'm yeah. not sure you were there for that. You may no, have been sunning yourself. <clears throat> yeah, I think you're on holiday. <laughs> I decided that I'd worked so hard in the election, it was time for me to go on holiday. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, that wasn't so even my... an election. It wasn't even an election year. 2017 <laughs> wasn't an election year. I'd worked so hard on the election, what, the one two years before? I always, I, I always work so hard, mate. So, um, so in my experience, this was the most, um, this was the highest amount of residents that we'd ever got attending a meeting that I was chairing anyway. And um, But we knew this was, the, there was going to be quite a few residents there. And... Um, and I thought, yeah, we've heard this before. There's not going to be that. And what was there? 15, 16 people, residents came came along? Yeah, around that. And we've always allocated 30 minutes for the, the annual meeting. And we were, we well, should have finished the, the, we should have finished that meeting at 7.30. And we actually finished it at 8.15. Yeah, I, I think, so. to be fair, some of that may have been my talking. Um, well, I, I will say, issue. you know, we, we, and I, I think I was very good 
No, it was and good. I'm just going to leave it there. Yeah. No, I, I think no. I'm, I'm saying I think we were very good at kind of making the point that some of the issues that we'd already said we were doing, yeah, were, were, were like addressing, were going to cost money. And actually, by calling a parish poll, that money would disappear yes. very quickly. And the thing that people were hoping to achieve that we had already said we're we're ahead happen. of the curve on this. We're, we're already mm-hmm. doing it. Um, would actually not happen because of it, and I think when you when you explain that to everyone else other than the person who is, you know, yes. like making Calling. the suggestion of the mm. of the parish poll, I think then that realization kind of sets in, and then when you put it all into context, and I quoted some of the um, the other councils that have had them and the low turnout that they have seen, and it's non-binding, mm. and but I, I think you really have to be clear with people that ultimately it's down to them. You can explain to everyone what the process is, the pros and the cons behind it, and what, you know, the outcome will be potentially, like either way, but it, that it's non-binding. And that it needs to be, you know, a really straightforward mm-hmm. question. But ultimately, and that's why I asked a few times, like, I am not, like, we're not moving on until you basically make the decision do yeah. you want to call one or not? Because I'm not mm. taking away your rights to call one on this, but I am like explaining to you why I think it would be the biggest mistake of your life. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> but, I didn't say um, that. No, it, it, that, was, <laughs> that was that was over, over and over trying to explain that you the money because we we had got some money in the reserves that um he felt that um that should have been spent but obviously couldn't be spent before the end of the year because it was still in the in the budget so um just trying to explain to him that all that money that he thought was going to be spent uh, or you know that should have been spent on what he wanted would have been spent if um you know and and it, and it's and it wasn't even as if the money that that budget line was going anywhere else it was it was staying there to then you know to Absolutely. to be used um for the you know the um the verges so um so there we so are it, it, you, the whole thing was just a pointless task really see, well you can't say democratic process like that is a pointless task oh no, no in but this he instance, had been no you it, it definitely was a can task. say that <laughs> <laughs> it was a pointless task after the 30 minutes of trying to tell him the situation Absolutely. or discussing the situation and um and and then not paying any attention. I don't I don't quite understand where that all came from. But what I was going to say is that, you know, like I said, it's the first time that we've had well in, in my my chairing of meetings, but you know, all year, every Monday night, every once a month on a Monday night, the meetings happen. Residents can turn up, they can have their say, they can ask for anything to be put on the agenda, and and it, they've always been accommodated. But I don't understand why they then left it to that last meeting of the council. Well, the there was a new meeting. council that was going to be put in place. Yeah, it was well, it was the first meeting of the council that they left it to. But I think yeah, but the annual meeting was the last. No, the annual meeting council. was the no because they're all the new councillors turned up. The only remnant was, of course, you. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I think the like I, I get what you're saying that there, there had been opportunities before that. I think sometimes one or two people g the public up a little and say, you know, this yeah. is the place to come, and obviously it's the only place they can do a parish poll. Um, but fortunately, 
yes. you know, and, and I, I suspect, you know, I would have had a, a mark against my name with the monitoring officer had that have happened. Um, you know, I think generally people can be a bit sensible. And so that's two parish polls requested and two that didn't go through. So I feel quite, feel quite chuffed now. Well, yeah, and you but, should, because um, if, I, if, if, <laughs> if, no, but you, and again, if it wasn't, if it wasn't for your input and, um, you know, your knowledge on, on the, the subject, it, it could have gone, you know, he could have got his, his 10 residents or th- what was the percentage or, or 10 residents, um, you know, to, to ask for that poll. And then that would have been a total waste of money that could be spent on the verges that he's asking to be repaired. So, um, you know, so sometimes it just takes a little bit of common sense. Sometimes it just takes a little bit of talking and there's really, and when you have no common sense and you have no talking, it just takes me. (laughs) (laughs) You sum it up so well. Thank you for listening to the standing orders podcast by Poetis. Please like, and subscribe to get your weekly edition. You can suggest topics by emailing podcast at politicsconsulting.co.uk. See you next week.